Hey friends, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road, and we're excited. I got my partner, Daryl Spicer, with me, and he's excited too. I'm excited because we're going to bring trailer trucking to the radio. We're a couple old trailer truckers, and our ministry is to the driver. But you know, that's the way it started, but all of a sudden we figured it out. It's not a truck driving ministry, it's a whosoever ministry. So we're going to hopefully enlighten you a little bit about the trucking industry, but more importantly, we want to bring Jesus to the drivers out there on the road and to you. So tune in for Church on the Road. up I'm driving when the sun goes down the hum of 18 wheels Lord that's a lonely sound I spend all day chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day I gotta see I gotta look around I got diesel smoke rolling From two chrome stacks My address is 408-414 A big blue mag Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day that I die I said hey Friends, this is Jeff and Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministries, and alongside of me is my partner, Daryl Spicer with Channel 21 Ministries. And that was The Road Is My Life, Dennis McKay singing that for you, and that's an old truck driving song that we use out here on that old lonesome road to reach those drivers that we minister to each and every day. We have CDs running all across the country, 24 hours a day, there's someone listening to one of these programs from the Lonesome Road Ministries. 
We want you to help us do that with these drivers. Get these CDs out, get these programs out, and we need to lead them to Jesus. And it takes all of us to do that. It takes us all working together, stretching a net across America to bring in a harvest for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So ride with us today. Today we're going to jump up in the truck with this driver. You're going to be riding along with him. So jump in, strap in, and hold on. And now, Darrell, I want to put on a song. It was the McKay Project's very first number one song, and it's a song called Taking Me Home that uh, I got to help write. When we came out with Lonesome Road Volume 1, I told Dennis that I wanted this song to be on there, and I wanted him to sing it. Here's Taking Me Home.
message from my good friend, Daryl Spicer today. Daryl, you've preached some really great messages, and these drivers need to hear some of the messages that you've preached because you're talking to them. Well, I am, and, and I, I don't call it preaching. I call it reaching. There you go. You know, I, what I do is, is when I stand up behind a pulpit, and by the way, do you know what pulpit stands for? It means that you get pulled from the pit. <laughs> I like that. That's what a pulpit's all about. I like that. And I've been pulled from that pit. But when I stand up behind that pulpit, first of all, I'm honored. That's a place of uh, humility. Amen. And yeah. uh, It sure is. It I... is. And what I all I could know to do is the Lord told me years ago, when, when I first started in the ministry as men's leader in our church, I didn't have a clue what to say. I, my first message was on a Monday night. On Sunday afternoon, and I'd known about it for a month, the paper was blank. And I'll never forget, I was standing in the hallway, and I looked at that piece of paper, and I said, Lord, you're going to have to help me here. I need help. I don't know what to say. And this is exactly the words the Lord spoke to me. I'll never forget it. Speak of what you You know. know. And I said, Lord, I don't know anything. (laughs) I actually said, I don't know nothing. Or nothing. Nothing. I don't know nothing. And he says, you know trucking, don't you? And it touched my heart that I can apply what I know that I've been through in life to what he has given me and how my life has changed and how I can share what I've been through in life to try to help someone else and reach my hand down and help pick them up. And that's what my messages are all about. It's what God has used me to do. Crazy stuff, stuff I never dreamed in a thousand years that I would be standing behind a pulpit of a church and talking to God's people because I didn't know nothing. And, Gary, I still don't know nothing, but I know Jesus. Amen. Well, that's all we got to do is know Jesus. And when we turn our lives over to him, there's nothing we can't do. That's right. If we let him use us. As long as we're in his will. So we're going to have a message by my partner, Daryl Spicer, in about three minutes. First, we got a song we got to put on for you, and this is called Two Ordinary Men. And boy, I'll tell you, that's just exactly who we are, two ordinary men that God has decided to use. Here's Joe Arview with a song written by our good friend, Galen Taylor.
Now my buddy, he still would not believe He said I need a sign And if God will show that he is real Then I'll walk that line He drove on through that lonely day His heart was cold as steel And then he saw that sign Out in that Midwest field The arms of Christ were open wide Blood dripping from his hands He said, my son, this one's for you Come and be God's man We were just two ordinary men Strong hands upon the wheel We made our living hauling freight Cattle, grain, and steel And we were cold-hearted and calloused From the years out on the road While the devil held the wheel We gave our lives to the Lord One man's hands are still on the wheel Our nation's freight he hauls He spreads the gospel through this land A preacher he is called Now the other took a different road To that oil patch he was sent Telling men to turn from their sins To the Lord repent And now we're just too ordinary Every man strong hands upon the cross Standing side by side To bring the gospel to the lost We were cold, hard, and calloused From the years out on the road But now Jesus took the wheel When we gave our lives to the Lord You just can't match the love of God, can you? And the peace of God but we have to serve him to get that, don't we? We have to serve him. We can't pay for our salvation. There's nothing going to happen there. But me, as an individual, I don't know about y'all, but i got to get up every day thinking, God, what are we going to do today? What you got me involved in today? Who are we going to be able to speak to today about you? And, and, and to be able to do that, and, and I think as, as men and women of God, when we have that opportunity, it's a responsibility. When we talk to people, talk to people about God. It's a responsibility to represent Him, and not us. So many times, I've heard so many people talk about what they think and how they think things should be done, and their opinions of Christians and Christianity and the world. It's not our opinions that matter. It's His opinion. And when I talk to people, we get, I get some calls about folks that want to be chaplains for Channel 21 Ministries. And I listen more than I talk. And I listen to what they say when they call me. And there's only one question that I really ask that's, that's going to weigh in the balance of whether they're going to become a chaplain or not. The question is, why do you want to become a chaplain? There's only one answer. And that's to talk about Jesus. Period. I don't want... To hear about preachers and teachers, I want to talk to reachers. I want to talk to people that are out there reaching the lost with the Word of God. Not their Word, but the Word of God. But as we do this, what we end up doing 
is we end up leaving a legacy of ourselves here on earth when we're gone. Because when we leave, I want to be known as a man of God, a man of integrity. That's what I want to be known as, not how much money I had in the bank, if any, not what kind of truck I drove, what kind of motorcycle I rode. None of them things matter. What matters is he was a man of God that listened to the Holy Spirit of God as he went through his life. That's what's going to matter in the end. Because when we stand before Jesus, he's not going to ask you what kind of motorcycle you drove. So what I want to hear when I talk to a chaplain is not how much they know, it's who they know. A prospective chaplain. And so when, when we leave this earth, we're going to leave a legacy. And that's kind of what I want to talk about a little bit today, about legacy. If you have your Bibles, let's go to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 35. Proverbs 3.35. I'll give you some chance to get there. And this is some hard preaching right here, and I'm not even a preacher. So don't get your hopes up. Proverbs 3.35 says, The wise shall inherit glory. But shame shall be the legacy of fools. That's heavy. I don't want that shame to be my legacy. And, and let me tell you what I'm talking about here. Y'all heard of the Hells Angels? They're a pretty rough group, them and the banditos. Now, I ride a motorcycle, but I'm not a biker per se. <laughs> you know, uh, these, these folks are, 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 are tough. They're tough. When they get in the barroom fight, they're probably going to kill somebody. And if, if, if one of their warriors got killed in a barroom fight, he's going to leave a pretty good re- legacy for them, isn't he? He was a warrior. He fought the good fight. He battled. That was his legacy. Well, as a Christian, do you have a legacy? Are you fighting the good fight? You know, some folks say they're a Christian because they're not a Buddhist. Some folks say they're a Christian because they're not a Hindu. They're not a Muslim. They're not a Jew. Well, my mom and dad went to church, and they went over to that Baptist church over there, so I guess I'm a Christian. That's not what a Christian is. And the Satan has done such a good job telling people what a Christian is nowadays. You ask somebody, so you're a Christian? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. Well, what church you go to? Oh, I don't go to church. Well, if you don't fellowship with Christians, how are you going to become a good Christian? The Bible says to fellowship with one another. Jesus said to love one another as I have loved you. That way they'll know that you're my disciples. So when I ask a potential chaplain, what church you go to? Well, I don't go to church. Why don't you go to church? Well, I drive all the time and I'm gone all the time and I'm never at home. Okay, now that sounds good to me. But now my next question is, well, what chapels do you stop at? Where are you getting fed? Because how are you going to feed others if you're not getting fed? Because if you're not in fellowship with folks that are Christian folks that believe in the Spirit of God, that's alive in in them, and you go to church. I talked to Brother Gary, and Brother Gary, I appreciate the opportunity to speak today. And, And Brother Gary said at his church yesterday, the Spirit showed up. I love to go to church when the Spirit of God shows up. That's what it's all about. And if you don't go to church, how are you going to get that? You're going to be preaching to yourself. 
And, and you know, what's this about the legacy of a fool? Wisdom. The Bible talks about wisdom in so many ways, especially in the book of Psalms. How it calls wisdom a lady. How she. My wife will amen that. Most wives have has the wisdom and we don't. Thank God for the wife. But the problem is, 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 is we identify with Christianity in the wrong direction. We are Christ followers. And, and Satan has done a good job of telling people you're a Christian because you're not something else. Well, if you go up and stand before Jesus and you say the only reason I'm a Christian is because I'm not a Buddhist, are you going to get there? I don't think so. Because the Bible says pick up your cross and follow him. He doesn't say pick up your cross and I'll carry it for you. So you're expected to do things. You're expected to be a good witness. You're expected to be a witness for, the, for Christ, for salvation. So we have to, what I've found in the last eight years is, is when I go to church and the pastors preach, most of the time they're preaching to the Christians trying to get them fired up. I don't go to church for my pastor to fire me up. I'm already fired up. I retired in August, and I didn't retire. I refired. I'm fired up. Now I can work for the Lord and don't have to worry about that 6 in the morning to 5 in the evening job. I can, I, my mind's focused on ministry, and I love that. I love getting up every day and thinking, Lord, what are we going to do today? What phone calls am I going to get? from somebody that picked up a CD. God spoke to them through that CD, and they're crying, and they're telling me what God has done for them today. That's being a Christian. That means somebody, somewhere, handed somebody a CD. I want to tell you a story about one that I just heard about two months ago. We have a chaplain named Jim, lives out in Colorado. He's an owner-operator. He drives, he pulls out of northern Indiana. He, I think he hauls uh, cars, and he also hauls some campers. And Jim was pulled in at their home office one day, and another driver by the name of David saw Channel 21 Ministries on the side of his truck. And he said, what's that all about? Well, David is, is a God-loving, God-fearing, get-up-and-down Christian. And Jim starts telling him about Channel 21 and the CD ministry. And David said, well, can I have some of them CDs? He goes, yeah. So Jim gave him some CDs. Well, David listens to him. Well, David's got a friend by the name of Gene. And Gene's not saved. And David had been ministering to him for about a year now. And Gene just kept saying, I don't want to hear it. I don't want anything to do with God. I don't want to hear anything about God. And probably because he's seen some of them so-called Christians out there. You know how they say, well, you know, if that's a Christian, I don't want anything to do with him, with Christianity. I heard Terry Hopkins say in one of his CDs uh, talking about uh, hypocrites. And he told a fellow one time, he said, well, you know, he said, I'd rather go to church with a bunch of hypocrites and go to hell with every one of them. <laughs> so if you stand up before Jesus and say, I didn't go to church because I didn't like them hypocrites, that's not going to wash. So Gene just didn't want anything to do with Christianity. And, oh, I don't want to be one of them people that turns somebody off from Jesus because of my walk. I want my walk... To be walking beside Jesus, not my walk. So he gave, David gave Gene one of these CDs, and he said, Look, man, 
I know you don't want to hear anything about God. And Gene got pretty belligerent to him about witnessing to him. And David said, I didn't know what else to do. So I gave him this CD and said, man, just do me one favor. Listen to this CD. This was on Tuesday. This was back in September of 2015. This was on Tuesday. On Thursday, David got a text from Gene. It says, God has touched my heart. On Friday... Gene had a heart attack and died. Now, how important was that witness of Jim and David, of Gary, Linda, Bert, and your wife? How important is your job? How important is this responsibility? This is kingdom work. This is kingdom work. This is legacy work. I met a lady a couple of years ago at, at at a vendor when I was back when I was working. And uh, I walked in the office. I'd seen her about a year or two before that, talked to her a minute, but I dealt with her husband mainly. And, and we're sitting in the office, and her husband's in there. He cusses. He's up swearing up and down. And I asked her, I said, how do you deal with this? She said, oh, i got a wall built up. I don't pay any attention. But, again, I didn't know her that much. Well, the Holy Spirit of God, you know how he is. He has a sense of humor. He says, I want you to ask this man out to lunch. It was 11.30. I said, oh, Lord, I don't want to ask this man out to lunch. Lord, please don't make me take this man out to lunch. Because every other word's a cuss word. And, and you know how you meet some people and that spirit just, you just, you, shut, you, want, to, you just want to back off. I said, okay. I said, I said, you want to go out to lunch? I'll take you out to eat. He said, no. He said, I got a meeting to go to at 12 o'clock. He said, why don't you take my wife? I'm like, oh, I don't want to take this guy's wife out to lunch. How would I explain that to my wife? I took a lady out to lunch today. She'd probably say she'd have better been a lady. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> but anyway, I said, uh, I said, okay. I said, all right. Then I thought for a minute, and I said, well, why don't I just call in some sandwiches? We'll call in a pizza. No, you take her to lunch. You guys go on and go and eat lunch. I'm like, okay. So we're driving, and... Uh, I let, she drove, we got to the restaurant, and I saw she had a cross on her necklace. And I said, so uh, how you guys doing? How you doing? That was the wrong question to ask. We sat there for 20 minutes, and she poured her heart out about how she hates being married to this man, how he's a liar, and he's this, and he's that, and I already knew that. And I'm like, I'm not Oprah. <laughs> I'm not even Dr. Phil, you know? <laughs> but I'm listening. And we're in this restaurant, and she's crying. And there's people all around. When we walked in, everybody said hi to her because she's a businesswoman in this community. And I'm like, huh. <laughs> so we sit there for a while, and, and finally I asked her, I said, I said, have you prayed about this? She goes, oh, yeah. I said, well, maybe your problem is is you're telling God how big your problem is instead of telling your problem how big your God is. Maybe you need to start praying about this for this man. Maybe you need to start being a good witness to this man. Because I'll tell you that what happened with me is my wife got saved, and she told me about her being saved, and that's the last thing I wanted to do was anything with God. But the Holy Spirit of God knew that how to use her. So I ended up getting saved because of my wife's faithfulness to the Lord. And I said, you can do the same thing. 
I said, you need to get the ladies of your church to do like my wife did because a praying woman will tear you up. I know that for a fact. So, because my wife went to the women's prayer meeting every Monday morning for three months, lifting me up to the Lord. So I said, you need to do that. She said, well, I guess you're right. So we're on our way back to her office. And I looked and I saw this church parking lot. I said, would you pull over in that lot so I could pray for you? She said, yes. So she pulled over and I prayed for her and her situation. But the Holy Spirit says to me, ask her if she's saved. I thought, you know, the cross representing. I said, are you, do you know the Lord? Have you given your heart to Jesus? Is he your savior? Then she started bawling and she says, no. She said, I've been going to this church for 18 years and I've never asked God to come into my heart. I said, are you ready? She said, I'm ready. And I prayed the sinner's prayer with her. Her husband's still a heathen. I like to report he's changed, but that's not my job. It's not her job. It's up to the Holy Spirit of God. It'll be time. There'll be a time. But see, the problem is we wear the necklaces. We get the tattoos of Scripture. We do all of that, but are we living it? I'm not saying it's wrong one way or the other. That's not my decision to make. But if we're not living the word the way we should do it, then are we Christians? Or are we Christ followers? What are we? I just want to be saved and be a good witness. You can call me anything. Just don't call me late for supper. But I want to leave a legacy myself that I was a man of God. What more can you say? What more is there? So if you're out there in a truck driving up and down the road and you're a Christian, but you don't have a relationship with God, you might want to question your Christianity. And I'm not, I don't, if that hurts your feelings, I don't care. I'm not being judgmental. I'm just asking a straight-up question. If you're not in the Word of God daily, if you're not doing His work daily, if you're not representing Christ daily, then you better check your spirit because time is short. All you got to do is turn on the news. But turn it off real quick because it will tear you up. I don't watch any of that stuff. The Lord said in the final days, good will be called evil and evil will be called good, didn't he? There you go. It's not my word that I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking about the word of God. He said to go out and preach the word to all nations, did he not? Let's go to Romans chapter 10, verse 15. Romans chapter 10, 15. And the word here says, Paul writes, And how shall they preach unless they are sent? And it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Is that not awesome? How beautiful are the feet? Well, my wife will tell you, I don't have pretty feet. But Jesus thinks so. Amen. Because Isaiah says, and Isaiah says, the Lord asks, who will go? Who shall I send? And Isaiah says, send me, Lord. Here am I. Send me. He sent me. Gary, he sent you. Everyone in this room that is a born-again believer of the blood of Christ has been sent. Now, whether you go is up to you. 
Now, I'm not talking about going to Africa. I'm not talking about going down to the truck stop handing out CDs. I'm talking about when you go to Walmart after a while, be a witness. Be a witness. And what does that mean? You're being a Christian. That's the definition of a Christian, is that you're a witness. And how are you a witness? You're a witness of what God has done for you. You're not a preacher. You don't have to be a teacher, but you need to be a reacher. We need to reach out. And drivers out there in that truck, these CDs reach out to you. It's the Holy Spirit of God speaking to you. The words in this Bible tells you how to be a good Christian. You don't have to go to church. I agree with that. But man, do you need to go to church? Do you need to have the fellowship? Do you need to find a good church home? Do you need to find a good church chapel at a truck stop? And go get fed daily, weekly, as much as you possibly can. Pick up these CDs, hand out these CDs. Be a good witness. It is so cool when I get these drivers that call me that want to be a chaplain and we have them go on the line on channel21ministries.com and fill out an application and we get them approved and I send out all these CDs that Gary supply and I send them out Bibles, and I send them out business cards, I send them out hats, I send them out decals saying that they're a chaplain and it helps them be a witness. When I get one of these guys and David, the one that gave Gene the CD is now one of our chaplains. And he called me the other day, and he was almost in tears. He said, thank you. He said, I've been praying for a way to be a good, better witness out here on the road. And through these CDs and these business cards and what you've given me, these decals, I'm such a better witness out on the road. So thank you. I said, don't thank me. Thank the good Lord Jesus. This is his ministry. It's not mine. Amen. When I came up here yesterday, it's like coming to Mecca, you know. I <laughs> This is the holy, you know, this is the holy city of the CD ministry, Carmel, Illinois. And, I, and don't take that lightly. It might sound funny, but with the hundreds of people being touched by these CDs, the thousands of lives that has been changed by these CDs. See, God does all the heavy lifting. All we do is just, you guys make the CDs and the Channel 21 chaplains and others hand them out. Isn't that amazing how he put that together? Thank you, guys. God bless you. I want to read one more thing real quick, and it's the measure of a man. This is a man that received a call last night that saddened his heart. A friend of mine, someone with whom I had the pleasure of serving in ministry, died suddenly while on vacation with his family. After the phone call, I sat, out, I sat outside looking over the lake, remembering my friend and recalling what I knew about his life, his legacy. What would be the measure of this man? Here's a poem about the measure of a man. Not how did he die, but how did he live? Not what did he gain, but what did he give? Not what his, was his station, but had he a heart, and how did he play his God-given part? Not what was his shrine, nor what was his creed, but how did he befriend those really in need? Not what did the piece in the paper say, but how many people were sorry he passed away? Was he ever ready with a word of good cheer to bring back a smile to banish a tear? These are the units to measure the worth of a man as a man, regardless of birth. God bless you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I found myself 
on a walkway But I couldn't help but run Driving my life in the fast lane Not far ahead of the gun I take a pill to get up in the morning And the whiskey got me to bed Never thought I'd ever see 40 All I've been through, guess I should be dead I was searching for a life full of profit When I heard from a prophet of old I was carrying my gold in a pocket When he told me of riches untold I was searching for the end of the rainbow When I found where the rainbow began Always told me trust Jesus. I'd tell him he was just a man, and I was hell bent to be a free bird to fly away and never land. Mama was right about Jesus He's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life He walked through hell to free us I've walked through hell to find his life Searching for a life full of profit When I heard from a prophet of old I was carrying my gold in a pocket When he told me of riches untold Searching for the end of the rainbow When I found where the rainbow begins Yes, I found where the rainbow begins
Well, drivers, I hope you enjoyed that message. And I know sometimes our, uh, our addictions takes us away from God. And if you have a passion for an addiction that's taking you away from God, he'll help you get rid of that. You're talking about an addiction. It could be drugs. It could be alcohol. It could be a fishing boat. It could be. It could be a fire-spitting bicycle like yeah. a Harley. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly right. So yeah. whatever you're passionate about. Is your God. So you need to be passionate about God himself, the only true God. Yeah. That doesn't mean we can't ever go fishing or we can't ever be passionate about something that we like. Right. But if we're putting things before God, that's when we get ourselves in trouble. Yeah. And, you know, we, God doesn't punish us. We punish ourselves. Amen on So that. what we need to do is we need to bring our passion back. You know, the Bible talks about what Jesus said, that the church has lost its first love. And what he's talking about is us. So if we lose our first love, the love of Jesus, and our world is turned upside down and our passion is wrongly directed, then drivers, you need to talk to the Lord. And we're here today to help you with that. If your passion is driving you away from God, you need to ask him for forgiveness. That's right. And you need to ask him to come into your heart and become the Lord of your life. And then, then, the Bible says he'll give you the desires of your heart. So if you like riding that old Harley-Davidson, if you like going out in that fishing boat, there's nothing wrong with that. But there'll be time for that, and he'll help you schedule that time. So driver, I want to ask you today, if he's not the number one in your life, isn't it time to make him number one? And driver, all you have to do is say this simple prayer. Lord, I love you. And I know that you died for me, that you died for my sins. And I'm asking you now, God, to come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Put a burning passion in my spirit for you and for things of God. And help me through this life so I can get to the next life with you. And if you've prayed that prayer and you've asked for forgiveness of your sin, and you want to serve the Lord, then driver, you're saved. And we'd love to share that with you. So give us a call at Channel 21 Ministries at 615-663-3199 because you got to tell somebody. And you could tell Gary Rayburn at Lonesome Road Ministries. Yeah, my phone number is 618-383-2107. We'd love to send you more messages just like you heard today that will help you with your walk with Christ. Amen. If you enjoyed this message today, give us a call. That's right. We'd love to hear from you. And now, how about another song by our good friend, Joe Arview. Hallelujah. And give Joe a call, 618-927-1986. Order some of his great music. You'll be glad you did. I was driving down that 18 Bottoms Road. With a pounding in my head From 18 wheels on the road With a hard day behind I look ahead Through the windshield of my truck That keeps my family fed Well I caught myself a praying And wiping away my tears Thinking about a better place and time Where I found Jesus and he took away my fears I guess that's why I'm not afraid to die 
Take me to a better place Take me to a better time I'm tired of this hard living Still too young to die If I could drive across this valley And never see another day But I tell you, Jesus That'd be okay But I'll tell you, Jesus That'd be okay See my family and home Watch my baby girl Outside the play But life on the road is all I know And God knows I still dream of a better day Take me to a better place Take me to a better time I'm tired of this hard living I'm still too young to die I could drive across this valley and never see another day. I tell you, Jesus, that'd be okay. When I tell you, Jesus, that'd be okay. But I know there's still some things I gotta do. And I'm gonna be right here until I'm through. And God'll take me by the hand and get them done. Take me to a better place Take me to a better time I'm tired of this hard living I'm still too young to die If I could drive across this valley And never see another day i tell you, Jesus That'd be okay But i tell you, Jesus That'd be okay But i tell you, Jesus Guess I'm gonna stay Yeah, I'll tell you what now. We love riding up and down this old lonesome road with you drivers out there, and we're so thankful that you let us in the cab with you. We are. And Daryl, we got time for another song by Joe Arview. How about that? Amen. My daddy told me, son. Gotta be a man And work and make a family and home and Read your Bible every day And don't forget to pray and Learn to take your licks when you are wrong But I left my daddy's farm place where I was born I had this Roman fever in my blood I had to try and fly 
But no rhyme or reason why But I just couldn't outrun my daddy's love Now the more I keep climbing On this ladder of success The more afraid I get I might fall And after all these years I've found my daddy still knows best I'm here today He's standing tall I guess my daddy had The answer after all I'm standing here today To lay him in the grave Just an old man With an out-of-style tie I guess what hurts me most Is now I'll never know All the wisdom That died here in his mind now the more I keep climbing on this ladder of success, the more afraid I get I might fall. And after all these years, I find my daddy still knows best. Even in the grave, he's standing tall. Guess my daddy had the answer after all Yes, my daddy had the answer after all All right, friends, that's Joe Rview, and what a great addition he is to Lonesome Road Ministries. And also, you've heard the McKay Project, Dennis and Leslie McKay, and what a great addition they are to Lonesome Road Ministries, Channel 21 Ministries. Thank you for letting us ride along with you today, and we look forward to our next program. But before we close the program, I want to remind you Check out our website, lonesomeroad.org, or give me a call, 618-383-2107. Let me mail these music CDs to you, and you can help us keep this ministry going. So here is Dennis and Leslie McKay, The McKay Project, with my testimony in song. This is a song that I wrote with the help of my songwriting partner, Tom Caldwell, and then we give it to Dennis McKay, and he brought it up to a new level. And Dennis helped us complete this song, and it is on volume one. So here is my testimony in song at the foot of the tree. At the crossroads of life, Lost without hope Eighteen wheels of lonesome At the end of 
In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past Then I called his name This chance would it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Those 18 wheels are rolling Down that old lonesome road I shared the good news wherever I go. Yes, there's been a change. I'm not the man I used to be. And I tell everybody what's happened to me. How I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past. But I called his name. This chance, could it be my last? Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree And I lifted up my heart from down on my knees Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome Lost, I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree. Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree. I lifted up my heart from down on my knees. Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross. Broken hearted and lonesome. So long I'd been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree appreciate you listening to this message today and we hope this message blessed you today and we want to hear from you you can call chaplain gary rayburn lonesome road ministries 618-383-2107 and remember this friends jesus loves you and we We do do too. too we'll talk at you later
been driving all night, got 400 miles to go. Got the pedal to the metal and fence skill on the radio. I just went through Texarkana, heading down to San Antonio. But that's the life of a trucker driving this lonesome road. Well, my backside's sore and this old truck is sure is slow. I can't hear temptation calling on the CB radio. She promised me good loving and she'll surely get me stoned. Well, that's the life of a trucker driving is a lonesome road. I said, drive, trucker, drive. You better run for your life. The devil in disguise And she's gonna ruin your life Can't be the money that keeps me on the run I it's that wide line fever that keeps me on the road Well, I could probably get lucky down around San Antonio Dead Lone Star, honey, that would like to call the trigger on. Ah, but you know that kind of loving, it will only wreck your home. It's the life of a trucker driving, there's a lonesome road. Yeah, I said drive, trucker, drive. You better run for your life. She's a devil in disguise and she's gonna ruin your life. Well, it can't be the money that keeps me on the run. It's that white line fever that keeps me on the road. Yeah, I said drive, trucker, drive. You better run for your life. She's a devil in disguise and she's gonna ruin your life. Can't be the money that keeps me on the run. It's that white line fever that keeps me on the road. Fire up, boy. Hey, Breaker 1-9. How's that looking over your shoulder there, buddy? Come on back. Anybody got your ears on out there? Man, it's lonesome tonight. 